Do you know what your partner's up to when you're away and they're all alone? No, what? They're listening to the Screw Podcast, of course. What's that? Mm, sit back, relax, and listen. You're all gasmatics. You're all gasmatics. Sneaking in the back door with dirty magazines. So your mother wants to know what all the stains on the jeans. And you're all gasmatics. Thanks for tuning in to The Screw with Felicia Rose and A-Love. You're not trusty or dusty this time. You're just my love. No, I mean, it's earlier in the day, so I'm not trusty. <laughs> I'm not, as, I'm not quite as drunk as I normally am for these podcasts. Great, exactly. I'm working on that. Um, I've only had one <laughs> shot so far post-filming. Post I had a shot in between. Oh, nice. How did filming go today? Um, Speaking of representation. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't feeling it. I mean, I had a custom and I think I nailed that. But like as far as getting other stuff done, I wasn't feeling it. But I did batch a couple TikToks and uh, Instagram funny guys. So I was more in yeah. the mood for that than porn, I guess. Sometimes it's just it flip flops. Sometimes I can't think of a single fucking TikTok to make, but I can, you know, fuck myself six ways from Sunday in 80 different styles and 50 different, you know, characters, but you know, sometimes it's the opposite. So yeah. How, how are you today? I'm good. I've been up, been thinking about shit, you know, but actually, you know, it's interesting that we're having this debunking conversation because one of the things, uh, you know, that I'm always trying to say, like, why is it important that we talk about these things and, and think about representation in queer media? And I see that, you know, at least for the young queer folks like translate into how they interact on these dating apps and hookup apps and this kind of like you know i think we're still like swallowing like huge amount of shame within the community mm. and you know i think media has always been a way for us to help like work on that shame right you know the idea that you see yourself represented in in some sort of media form says hey i'm not alone there's somebody else like me blah 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 blah, right and when we're like kind of moving through these things i said you know what is it that we want when we're talking about like how how are we progressing with the image and the idea of queerness in our society and i said you know ultimately what you'd like to see is like you know i use the example of the divergent like movie series right you know they're they split these kids up into two groups based on kind of like their emerging talents right there's mm -hmm. like one set are kind of science nerds and another side are like kind of earthy botanist -y kind of medical people and all, the, all these other kind of things and i was thinking wouldn't it be great if in our societies <laughs> you know young folk whenever they got to whatever age appropriateness you know for their experience weren't sitting there thinking expecting to be some default sexuality or de default reality, right? That That is like, oh, I can't wait to see, you know, what the sorting hat picks me out to be. <laughs> sorting know? hat. That, that the is, sexuality that is, sorting hat. And right, that, it's right. funny to use that as an example because JK is the most fucking transphobe person in the entire oh, existence no of the world. So. No Speaking about complicated representation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no and like, you know, I was thinking about that. Like, it's like, you know, will we like eventually reach the thing where like nobody is worried that their their sorting hat is gonna spit them out as queer, right? That that it's like all of these are viable options when we come of age. That like we're not expecting to be a default this or a default that. That it's like, hey, let me see. And I think representation, you know, especially in media, can like be a huge tool in that and saying like if we're hearing these stories and and kind of normalizing these experiences that are all out there, 
that perhaps, you know, young folk won't be sitting there saying, oh, I hope I'm straight or I hope I'm this, you know, because I don't want to deal with like the backlash in society that we will see ourselves in. I used to pray in like fifth and sixth grade. I prayed to Jesus on my knees every night as a, a good God. Catholic girl or fourth and fifth grade, something like that. Before I really rejected religion altogether, I used to pray that I wasn't a lesbian. <laughs> because really? I knew that I would be cast aside by the Catholic Church. Uh, so, yeah, I, I literally went home and from, like, my catechism class or whatever the fuck, and I prayed. Yeah. Isn't that so? So it's wow. funny that you said, like, you know, a lot. not a lot of kids are thinking about, like, their sorting hat, but a lot of kids are. But it's also because, like, I, I already kind of knew, right? So when is it right. that moment when you, like, know – and you're you're hoping it's going to be different because you're afraid of what society's going to do with you right. and the moment right. between that and when you actually like truly know when you're like yeah there's nothing i can do about this you know i wonder if there's like right. a difference that's interesting yeah. it was basically like between when i was letting like jared leto into my bed um from my so-called life in between that and <laughs> <laughs> and when I changed it to like Claire Danes being led oh, into my, you know, like Romeo and yeah. Juliet really did that one for me. So, you know, my crushes on, uh, like, well, I also had, you know, an extreme attraction to boobs in general. I was like super into boobs. So I think that's when I knew and that's when I started to pray. I was like, no, I can't like boobs. It's going to be bad if I like the boobs. <laughs> it's going to be bad. <laughs> Uh, no, I hear, you. I, hear you. I hear you. So, like, you know, so you know, having the conversation that we had last week, you know, I, I, I think we were talking and looking a lot about like this kind of like trends. Is representation better now than mm -hmm. it was in the '90s or the '80s or whatever, right? And I think you know some interesting things that kind of came up when we were looking about this was just kind of this, this, this actual up and down trend right like our so first instinct is to say yes right or your first right. instinct is to be like of course of, of fucking course and you know that right. is on a surface level yes that's the answer is of fucking course there's more representation yeah now, because there's representation allowed to be everywhere right but like Absolutely. you were about to get into it's not as peachy keen right it's right. not as flowers and daisies as we would like it to be so you can right yeah. sorry to so cut I you off that, and go on to that no 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 it's true i think and i think in many ways so what you were speaking of yes we are seeing more and not just that we're seeing more international representation right Steam, streaming steaming services <laughs> streaming <laughs> streaming <laughs> services are showing us aspects of queer life all over the place right you know like netflix has had a lot of stuff like you know from thailand and and the uk and australia and so we're seeing kind of like this experience and and maybe we're not there yet with the idea of like intersectionality and full ethnic and racial representation but i do think we are seeing a, a a wider array of the queer experience in media and, and and again also in things like video games and and things that we would have never dreamed to even sure say, yeah you know, it, 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 20 point. 30 years ago even comic books comic books right and, mm -hmm. and and actually this will tie into what we're talking about so you know there was something recently i think it's either like superman or batman and robin some some sort of thing where they made one of the characters bisexual and like it's a made because it's a super major. <laughs> there you go. It's a major. <laughs> for those of you that can't see, Blue's got a big ass, and not for slut, for Superman or. Superman. Nah, it's for slut. Um, 
People underestimate what a superpower being a super slat actually is. It's the biggest <laughs> superpower in the world and the oldest one. I don't know. That's the oldest. Job. Exactly. No, that's that's well done. <laughs> um, so you know, when when I'm looking at these things, especially like the the comic book thing, and and we've seen this in gaming too, huge like kind of backlash in terms of these you know queer representation being kind of weaved into some of these areas of of media, right? Mm-hmm. And I think you know when we're talking about this debunk thing, the thing is okay. While there may be more representation, there's a second piece we're not really talking about, and that's the response in the society to that representation, right? Right. You know, um, that's a good point. You know, in 2015 or something, I was reading, it was kind of like, oh, everything, you know, people are doing reports and saying, hey, things are looking good. Attitudes in society are generally becoming more accepting. Um, queer marriage is a thing. All these things are kind of like, you know, seem to be aligning with the progressive trend up. But meanwhile, there is this kind of thing that comes a few years later and we're seeing this backlash in terms of like, why are we exposing our quote unquote youths to all of this like, information and, and that term that's come up and it's come up in the past too but now i think they've really nailed it down they're calling it grooming right right, but right. the idea is if we're seeing all these things and our young folks are seeing these things and what the queer lgbt community is trying to do is groom new members for their community well um, and, and that's <laughs> when it becomes a difference of you know our surface question was do we have more queer representation out there we didn't really have right. the follow-up of, and what is it doing within at least just the United, like the American society? What is it doing to the you know, us as a society? Don't say gay bill, for example. You know, right. the, things Absolutely. like that that are so fucking extreme. Would those exist if it wasn't for the existence of certain, you know, queer shows, queer icons, queer conversations that? they're now accessing because it's on a Netflix series. It's being talked about at the school or whatever it is. Right. Not to say, not to blame queer artists for creating those safe spaces, which are often TV shows and things like that. Um, Not to say that it's their fault, but that is, of course, that's a repercussion of it. Right. So we get, you get a lot more queer representation. So, you know, kids can look at say the TV show, never have I ever, and have one of the the main characters be a lesbian, for example, and unapologetically so, and or at least works out her stuff to be that way or whatever. And like that's fucking amazing, and it's beautiful, and it's fantastic. And also, it's going to have the backlash from the people that don't want that to be in existence. So it's just interesting how much more representation we have, and how much nonsense is happening even more so than things that I've seen in the past in terms of kind of rewinding the fucking clock, you know, not, not only can gay people, you know, do they not want gay people to have any fucking rights, but now we can't say the word gay like, to right. students. Like, well, Jesus and, and, fucking Christ. And you, you look know? at this trend, right? Like, you know, like obviously Russia kind of like put some stuff down in, in the sand in terms of like being able to show, queer media in their in their country and 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 you know basically making it illegal and i think you know these 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 states you know here in the u.s that are kind of 
ironically duplicating that while also saying fuck Russia, you know, <laughs> we're adopting True. these kind of ideas. And they, they, they have to be discouraging to queer artists, right? You know, there becomes, and this is right. something I always Like how much do you feel bad about that? that right, that's like, like how violent, violent people are, even when you're talking about like, the backlash of like the new Lord of the Rings series having like trying to have actual representation of of different groups within this this fantasy genre. And I'll tell you right now, nowhere did J.R.R. Tolkien ever like cliff note and say this character is white, this character is brown. This right. And that happens a lot in the comic book world too, I've seen. There's a lot of this like, mm-hmm. well, this 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 specific character can't possibly right. Like, you know, one of the Peter Parkers is a black kid, for example, in one of the universes. Right. There's, it's a multi-universe well, system. Of course we right. can have a black Peter Parker. There's so many different pieces to these different creative worlds that people aren't even, you know, the, the having a black Ariel, for example. And, and uh, right. I was just I, gonna you know, say everybody that. shit their fucking pants about that. Right. And it's just like, but who, who's... Who said she can't? Wait, what? Why right. do you care? What? There's just so many questions in my brain, and it's like the more representation we get, the more we hear the loudness and uh, like the the noises just so loud from the people that mm-hmm. object, and it's wild. Right. It's just fucking wild to see that we're no further along than we ever thought. While artists and producers and you know executives that are putting money in and and allowing these tv shows and movies and whatnot to be happening um whether they should have and were always there to begin with or not is regardless but like the ones that are actually like putting money behind these things now it's like well you know that's all well and good but now people are really showing their asses as far as how they feel about all of that which is a good and bad thing you know it, it it has a two like the, the the right is getting so fucking loud and it's like fucking deafening and at the same time but you still have like that little girl that got to see ariel as a as a black girl and it's like holy shit that's huge for her and it's like well at what cost you know and it's like i i am never gonna say for anybody to ever silence their voices of course not you know me i'm all about say it louder be prouder but yeah. at the same time, it's really fucking scary to see. I can't imagine well, being in a household and my father being upset by Ariel being black, or or well, right. having upset because I'm, there's a queer rep, like a queer person in the show I'm watching. Like I, I couldn't imagine living in that world. That would be fucking scary. That would be scary. Well, and I, th- I think that's the thing that like we always have to keep in mind when we're making, you know, like kind of quote unquote placing demands mm-hmm. or trying to say, hey, we've arrived. And where 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 we need to be, right? You know, and I use the example, you know, when Obama got elected, there were a lot of people that were touting, you know, we're post-racism. Right. Now. Meanwhile, right. meanwhile, the number of hate groups being recorded had like exponentially grown, you know, kind of indicating again this like backlash. So I think, you know, what you see is like, sure, things move into a kind of progressive direction, but when they do, there's always kind of a response. And that response is kind of, I think, definitely meant to stall. And and unfortunately, with these kind of things, we're also talking about a kind of response that is meant to intimidate and in many cases actually like 
perpetrate violence on people that are supporting or participating in these things. So, you know, we need to be having those conversations as well when we're talking about how do we continue to grow this and, and take into context in the community how to proactively assuage these like kind of things like, you know, grooming kind of narratives or, 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 you know, like this, this moral argument that's made that, no, we, we don't need to see less. And mind you, all those things that are meant to keep you, again, segregated from society and feeling shameful and not moving in this direction to, you know, support the main narrative in society. I would love to know the statistics on the amount of people that are finding problem with the drag world that once allowed RuPaul's Drag Race to be played in their home because of the, the Army Vet episode or the Henry Rollins uh-huh. as a guest judge episode or the fucking yeah. whatever. Like, I would love to see, you know, because for a long time, aside from the shows that we mentioned in the last episode, RuPaul's Drag Race was mm-hmm. one of the biggest ones that showed not only just queerness, but gender, nonconformity, all sorts of represent- representation was happening within those shows. And it was definitely bringing something brand new to people say in a small town in the Midwest or, you know, in West Virginia or something like that, where it's like, there's probably not even a lot of people of color in this area. Right. So it's so interesting to see like, where is the line of which you get upset? Right. So this can stream on our TVs all day fucking long. Your kid probably has stumbled on it and watched it. Right. But it can't come to a local coffee house. Condemn them. Right. You know, it's one of those weird fucking, I don't understand where the line is for some of these fucking cuckoos out there that are so. Well, and, and, and unfortunately, the community always gets put in this position of like defensive mode, right? Like, you know, like having to argue and in, in defend our representation for ourselves and for anybody coming into the community or realizing they're a part of the community. We're having to like sit on the sidelines and defend these outrageous kind of commentary, you know, rather than leading the conversation and keep saying and drilling in why is queer representation? important right this is about health fuck you it's not about grooming it's about health it's about health it's about shame it's about young people and older people even being able to see themselves in narratives that make them feel comfortable being who they are and not not living their life with this kind of like otherized definition of themselves right being able to like look and see hey you know i i see this in 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 and be wherever you are and whoever you are in the world and see that commonality and know that that human experience is 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 normal that it's out there you know i hate the word normal but i mean in the case of like human variants not only is it normal there's strong evidence that this is kind of the fucking default the right. people that are sitting in nice little boxes are mostly sitting in those boxes due to social construct right. social control or socioeconomic repercussions Right, exactly. So, you know, when when we're looking at this representation, it's like, I don't want to see with every new thing that, oh, how brave of them to do this, right? Right. This is our narrative. It's again saying brave. Why brave? Oh, because we live in a shame-based identity that needs like bravery in order for it to come out. It's not brave if it's naturally occurring. It just is. It's showing an example of what's already fucking there. Okay, Nobody yeah. is like creating this. It's it's what it is and we want to see it. 
you know, sure, there are nice little white families and fucking Victorian houses living some sort of pseudo-sitcom life. And we see plenty of that. Great. Check. You know, <laughs> like... Yeah, you can all jerk off to the fucking houses you'll never afford. All in a circle right, together. Exactly. Fun. Whoever eats the cookie, first. I don't care. Fuck you. Exactly. Like, rather than sitting here, like, counter-arguing grooming, let's argue louder for how important and why this kind of demonstration, you know, of, of experience is not only entertaining... Like, I've gotten to the point, literally, where there's lots of cool things on television that I see. But when I open up something and see, oh, it's got a cool concept. But then the main fucking narrative is some fucking white heterosexual love story, like, you know, buried into another cool narrative. It's it's boring. It's getting dull. You know, like, we, we were kind of talking about, you know, the kind of stuff around bros. And lo and behold. You know, and here's a debunk. I went and looked up to see if some of the shit that I had guessed was a problem about the movie was, and it was. Oh, really? I'm not even confused. You know, this is, you know, as much as you're trying to sound like a woke queer dude in this film, it's still tone deaf to like kind of the conversation that has been going on about, you know, this is still predominantly about middle-aged white person. And like, you know, you're you're not having a a movie that's actually speaking to a majority of the masses. You're speaking in a very small corner. Right. You know, so you know, while <laughs> while I hate like talking shit about shit that I haven't seen, I also understand like how easy it is to be right about these things. You know, when you listen to somebody say, Oh, and this is important, because if we're gonna cry about homophobia and, and and critiques about representation, let's not fall into their trap and cry about aspects of it that aren't fucking there. Sure. You're complaining and saying, oh, people aren't seeing this movie because society is still so fucking homophobic. I don't fucking agree with that. People are not seeing your fucking movie because they don't want to see another fucking white queer dude fucking living their life in yeah, New York Yeah, that's City. nonsense. People consume queer shit all the time and they do it on the regular and they do it in abundance and in masses. Like Euphoria, for example, is a very queer fucking show. And that right. had people in a chokehold, people that weren't even queer because it was interesting. And it was it Absolutely. was insight if you weren't in that world, and it was a reflection if you were, and you saw yourself in those characters as a young or you know a teenager and or a young adult. I feel like some of the narrative was very young adult for many of us, but either sure. way, you saw something in it that made sense to you, and or you were learning something, and it was like oh this is new for well, me, and I'm enjoying learning about it. So like fuck you. People didn't see bros because they didn't want to see bros. <laughs> well, and, and again, this is a this is a good thing. Like, you know, and and you know, in this debunking, I wanted to think about, okay, fine. We have a lot of conversations about representation, but let's talk about representation on a very specific level. Like, you know, in the nineties, there was definitely nothing was super brave enough to be talking about some of the stuff that Euphoria is, right? You weren't seeing car cartoons that address queer characters. You weren't seeing, you were definitely not seeing anything that wanted to deal with too much under age 18 kind of sexuality and sure. reality as far as queerness, right? What Euphoria ended up doing pretty well, I think, was 
talking about sexuality from many different angles and from many different ages. Like when I first started watching the show, I'm like, you know, I have like this momentary thing, like, should I be watching this? This is like another thing just about fucking young people living their lives. You know, how is this going to intersect? And, you know, an interesting thing I learned about Euphoria is um, I think it came from a Israeli show, right? Um, That did like only like kind of one season. And, And in that show, there was very little to no commentary about the adults in those young people's lives, Mm -hmm. right? It was kind of like, this was happening in a very Skins-like vacuum, because that was always the critique of Skins. Where are the fucking parents, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And, And even for that, I would argue sometimes, like, people are really missing the idea that, like, in our society, unless these kids are wealthy, like, parents are working, and they're busy, and it's really, like, an asshole kind of thing to say, well, you need to watch your children. Well, I need to feed my fucking kids, which is it. Let them starve and be home, and we all starve and fucking die and lose the house, or go out and take care of them financially. Right. It's a very, like, (laughs) don't put parents in that position. It's unfair. You know, and I think Skins actually, you know, while they didn't address it head on enough, I think there was some implication in it that, like, all the parents are working. Yeah. What do you think these kids are doing? They're spending this time at school dealing with the social pressures that they have at school, and they're outside of it dealing with the social pressures they have outside of it. Right, right. Euphoria seeks to kind of, I think, correct that a little bit. And I was surprised to see that over time it drew in the adults' narratives a little bit more and more, right? Mm -hmm. You know, saying like, you know, you have one girl whose father ends up a heroin addict after getting addicted to opioids. Yeah, mad spoilers here. Whatever. I wonder, <laughs> like, I wonder if they saw that their demographic included adults and they were like, uh, you know what? Let, let us make this even more relatable than just to like your your teenage years or childhood, right? So. Right. Well, because you don't want to just sit there and it becomes like teenage depression porn. Right, right, right. Right. Yeah. Like it's yeah. like, yeah, okay, we all know coming of age is tough and hormones are tough and whatever, but you're not really addressing what the modern society narrative those aren't the only things that are tough anymore. Like the social pressures, the kind of ideas of what different means and like, you know, how you experience that as a person, especially a queer person. You know, I think all of the kind of narratives within the story are very interesting and highlighting a lot of different aspects of a lot of different things. So I think in some ways, there's definitely nothing that I can remember (laughs) from our youth that addressed as many layers of this that are controversial layers. I, right. I think of the, the that father again in Euphoria and like his whole conversation, like they're trying to tackle why this man wouldn't have come out, you know, when he was a youth. And like, ironically, I'm like, looking at this, I'm like, so this guy is almost essentially my age to have kids this age in school, right? Mm-hmm. So like he's talking about like my youth on some level. And like that idea that like, you know, you wouldn't, especially if you got somebody pregnant, you wouldn't necessarily like, uh, like be like, fuck that, I'm queer. I'm falling in love with my friend and like, I don't want to deal with this. It's like, oh, well I have to deal with this. Like it doesn't even seem like it's on the auction board for something else. So I think in, in those ways, you know, maybe, maybe that's changing, but like, I am always concerned, right? This is where the representation meets the reality. 
if we're seeing so much backlash and while things are progressing and representation is progressing and maybe and hopefully the youth are feeling more empowered with this representation you are still you are seeing a significant amount of hate and like bullshit narratives and like moralizing and in this again grooming concept like i mean <laughs> you know there is a line between you know, having like a young person, I again forget the name of that fucking show, but like, you know, like somebody under like 14 years old doing like drag because they like to do it and they want to be a performer. Like, okay, fine. I don't see that as grooming because drag is something very specific. You know, are you talking age appropriateness with, with these groups? Like that show isn't particularly about young people's sexuality. It's about young, young ones wanting to do drag performance. Right. Because something to do with sexuality, up, yeah. Right. They're and, growing up in a time in society where where they can see that, and therefore it's not something they're doing, you know, in in their auntie's bedroom, going through her closet, trying to throw on a dress, and like you know, making sure the door is locked and not wanting to get caught. They're like sitting around and seeing it on television and saying, "I want to try that." Right. Cool. That sounds cool. That sounds like progress, and that sounds like a positive result of being able to see that kind of representation out there i'm not saying it's the representation for the whole community but yeah. it is part it's and a piece of it I, exactly yeah yeah and, and then you, you have you know what's funny is <laughs> you have people you know picketing a drag brunch that's family like all ages right uh, you have like that right. happening but at the same time yeah. those same people are online sharing funny tiktoks or memes or whatever of like young under 10 year old boys like hitting on an adult woman i saw one where like a boy was like at a bar like there wasn't a lot of people you could tell it was probably for an event sure. from, and their family was attending but the young boy was like at a bar and walks up to the bartender and like makes some kind of joke and people were like all of the comments underneath it are just encouraging that this boy is a uh, knows he likes boobs and he know a, a little boy that knows what he wants nice and early. Uh, da, 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 da. Who the fuck is sexualizing the kids now? Y'all are sexualizing right. these children. What the fuck are yeah. you talking about? You are putting a, a, a prepubescent kid in a scenario that is a sexually driven scenario and you're commenting on it whether it was right. an accident or not that he was in this situation, you're commenting on it and encouraging that behavior. So therefore, what the fuck are you talking about grooming? You're grooming kids. You're grooming. Right. Right. If you were, right. if that was your, your, your nephew, say for example, and you were in the room and you know, the same commenter that's like, Oh boy, that knows what he wants early. You can't tell me he doesn't have a young boy in his life and somewhere and in, in, in some aspect of his life. And he doesn't encourage that same shit. The same yeah, way some little some little boys came up to my table at the end of a convention and their father paid for for the free kiss for me to give his son's kisses. And of course, it was like I gave them like a little like cheek, like it, I tried to be as appropriate as I could. Right. Like I was like, he like, right. you know, like a cheek to cheek, not like actually kissing the kids or anything. Right, 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 right. And I tried to make it not sexual, but the father sexualized the entire thing. You literally That's paid for your sons to go verify that they're fucking straight or some shit. It was oh, yeah, yeah. so but, fucking but, weird. Right. So, so there's the double weird. standard. There's the double standard, mm -hmm. right? It's it's never considered an inappropriate. Like you hear that age old story of like, 
taking your son to the whorehouse to get his like virginity mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. like and and you know i'm thinking about this like you know this 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 conversation becomes so double standard and inappropriate right like you know you all grooming that is quote unquote done and obviously it's not a problem with grooming it's a problem that like the grooming that's happening is not heteronormative Right. Right. You know, and and this has come up. Remember having a conversation with a friend a few years ago and because of something I said, it like stuck in his his head. Like they were at a family party. Right. And like, you know, he had some like young, young nephews, like in, I think, like early high school, like ninth, tenth grade. And like the older people I've been around asking the boys, you got a girlfriend yet? Yeah. Asking the the girls, you got a boyfriend yet? Right. So like. You know, we have this kind of default thing that's like not only encouraging that, but like they're somehow inappropriate to say you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend right. or fuck that. Stop using those terms in general and just say, Do, are you having any romantic interests yet? And why are fucking adults so fucking curious what fucking young people are thinking about? Yeah, that's for your that's droids? for you and your children to have conversations about. Nothing else. <laughs> it's super yeah. inappropriate to before they're willing to give, to give you the info themselves. It's super inappropriate to ask a kid that has nothing to do with your fucking, you know, you're, they're not your kid. Mm-hmm. Ask them anything about, do you like, or do you have a crush on, or any, first of all, most of the time, if even if the kids do, they will be very shy about it. And secondly, right. you're always framing the fucking question in a hetero fucking way. And it's not fair because Absolutely. instantly it's it's not it's not it's not enough to just say well the kid could be gay what the fuck right or the kid could be right. this or that or whatever it, it's not enough to say that you're already in that kid's brain that you have an expectation for them when it right. comes to their sexuality and so while you might be like listen i'm not a homophobe if he comes out as gay he comes out as gay but you're not using inclusive language like do you have a crush no. on anybody in your class a boy a girl somebody that doesn't identify as either anything like right. that right and- no you're not asking that fucking question therefore keep your fucking mouth shut and you shouldn't be asking well, and- you know if you're only letting them celebrate one very specific type of scenario right. what does that apply by default it grooming. if if they're enjoying any other kind of scenario in their head it means that scenario they should be ashamed of. i should be ashamed of only, i should keep from them only, exactly if mm-hmm. they or shouldn't you you know and and again encourage us from like the health perspective you know when when one is looking up like information about queer health and queer relationships and how you know, how to have positive queer relationships. Self-identity always correlates to positive relationship experience, right? Like having a good vision of yourself, not being ashamed of who you are. And, you know, I won't I won't make the like come out of the closet argument because I do think, you know, still there's some things problematic around that discussion, but not not feeling like you can't come out of the closet because of your shame of who you are and how you identify, I think is, is a negative impact, right? You know, like you have to be able to, you know, see yourself in a happy relationship that is possible, right? Like you, if, if you're never seeing that, what are we supposed to do when we get in these relationships, right? You know, you get in them and like, you've never seen anything kind of demonstrate that this is even an option to begin with. Mm -hmm. You're kind of like dooming the idea of like, you know, 
feeling good about it, right? You know, I, I've always said spending all this time of like having to think of it as we're in a queer relationship or you're in an interrelate interracial relationship. They, all these things are more otherizing properties rather than I'm in a relationship. It's a good relationship. The person I'm in it with is fucking awesome and like vice versa, right? We're not, we're nowhere near that yet. No, because we still have to, we still unfortunately have to be proud. We still unfortunately have to, you know, explain first Mm -hmm. of all, so that you don't shock anybody. God forbid you shock anybody, put them on the spot. Don't put me on the spot like that. You better tell me if you're going to bring a guy and a guy holding hands together. Like, excuse me. I just said my friend's coming over with their partner. None of that implies anything. Friend, right. their partner. You don't know what the fuck I just said. I could be saying right. a woman's coming over with a woman. I could be saying there's a thousand mm-hmm. things I could be saying right now. That's up to you to make up that assumption in your head. Go fuck yourself on that. You know, <laughs> it's like it's like everybody needs to fucking know. Like, oh, you should have told me it was interracial. Really. Why? Because you're fucking racist. Why do you need right. to know I'm bringing uh, my friend who's white with their black partner? What the fuck does that have to do with anything? You, you, you're so fucking up, removed from how the world works that you don't see interracial relationships normally and it's going to keep, it's going to shock and awe you. Like, it's just, it, people right. telling themselves in these situations all the fucking time. And one thing I want to say about, about, <laughs> what is that? One, one thing I want to say about the more that we can educate and the more that we can have, you know, just normalized conversations is, Yesterday was, um, I believe, inter- intersexual, intersexed, intersexual awareness day. Uh, I believe it was intersexual awareness day. I think that's the right term for. Sorry for stumbling all over that. Um, and I think it's very important that we have more conversations about that because mm-hmm. there, there's so much variation to what falls into the intersex umbrella, and. Right. I think the more we can just normalize that like things are not as simple of X as X, Y and, 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 you know, X, X and how things work in our bodies biologically, the more that we can have more of these just, you know, no, like this is the, this is not, this isn't a debatable fucking topic. You know what I mean? It just is. It just just is. is. And if we have more, like the things that we learned, for example, in like human sexuality, psychology classes or, or, whatever classes we took some classes together where we learned about all these different variations of humanity in general that I didn't learn in my average health class or in my average biology course or my average science Mm -hmm. class. I didn't learn that kind of stuff. And so the fact is that, or if I did, it was like a, it was like a one sentence at the very end or something like that. And like, I don't know. I just, it just reminded me of that. So happy day for that yesterday. We're a day behind. (laughs) But also like that, like just one example of things that really need to start becoming a part of the curriculum, like we talked about in like the last. Well, you know, it's an interesting point. It's an interesting point because the other important thing that you, you know, and kind of like looking at these differences over time with media representation, there is something about, especially, you know, we talked about on our last run about like you know, sexual education and some of these things, right? You know, in that void of where that's not happening is always media, like taking up the space of that, right? So we were seeing some things explained, but they were very contextualized. And and, and this is where I think representation has gotten a little bit better, but they were very much 
a very black and white even identification under what queer like we didn't even like to use the word queer back in the day. Sure, it was sure. still like a holdover because from it was like a slur. Our parents' generation. Yeah, like, queer you know, was a slur. Right, exactly. And like what you have kind of now is this like, you know, when you're seeing certain like questions that people have, right? You know, like there's this big debate and and all these social media things like, what are you allowed to ask? How, how do you like understand what the queer experiences is and where you intersect with that, you know? And, and part of it is like getting information, getting things answered, right? right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that has kind of stayed in, in kind of media's wheelhouse, almost an unofficial responsibility, right? You know, Euphoria does a lot to explain a better variance of like queer identity and queer experience that we were certainly never going to see on something like Queer as Folk back in the day or the L word or any of these things. You're now seeing this kind of like nuanced thing. And hopefully that is where we're getting that says, look, (laughs) there is definitely no binary with this. This is all over the fucking map. And if it is all over the fucking map, then like, what we need to encourage is a kind of communication and understanding and information on all of these areas. And representation has to check all that box. You know, there the most common thing I hear from from heteronormative identifying people is I still don't understand how trans people have sex. I don't understand what that is. I don't understand what it's about. I don't understand. And you know, and in the nineties it was like I don't understand how two guys or two girls have sex. Okay, right. fine. You know, right? So this is where the thing, and I actually am seeing more media kind of explain a like nice wide variance of like trans like sexuality and experience in a way that like I would have never imagined on the TV in the nineties. You know, right? Right. And I remember a friend a few years ago saying, "I can't possibly understand how a man could become a woman and then want to date and fuck women." And like, you know, and there was something very recently that was kind of like trying to being a lesbian. (laughs) Right, right, right. And I saw something in the media recently that kind of explained that experience and was like, you know, what my like identification sexuality wise, I guess under our modern terms would be a lesbian. That I was a lesbian trapped in a man's body or whatever. Right. You know, and this is so fucking silly that we even have to get to these these layers of labeling. Right. You know, I went to a sex party once and it had a great thing. It said, on your tank, because it was all gendered, all sexuality, sex party, right? And you said, when you went in and checked in, it said, on your tank, write what you're interested in. You know, write what you're, you know, rather than writing, I'm trans man or trans woman, like, write what your interests are. You know, like, just like, who are you interested in? And, you know, some people are interested and, and they had all of the things that you should write out. I am asexual, interested in like, you know, other asexuals or whatever. And it was very detailed in this way of like, you know, not trying to be overly labely in that, like, you know, you're just telling what your interests are so people that like, can feel comfortable to strike up that conversation. One of those interests was even like just friendship or conversation, right? Mm-hmm. So you have like this wide variety of things. And, I, and I'm not saying the solution is that mass identification, but when you're like doing something like that, you realize what that variance actually is. And like you're starting to <laughs> sketch out a tree that seems like, okay, so it's definitely not cut and dry. Right. Many people have been very different interests and very different things that excite them or turn them on or romantically incline them 
So in order for that to be normalized, we do need to address all those things because they're there. This isn't this isn't a like top down thing, right? And that's been the problem with media. I think when I was looking through this kind of idea of debunking some stuff, the reality is is we have very few bottom up conversations in terms of like the people saying this is what we are and these are the experiences we're having and then things being made from that. It's things that are trying to make something and you know disseminate it right. to the masses, right? right. You know. And while there may be one or two people working on that project that represent that, as we know, like that's their idea of it or their concept of it. Like bros. For them. (laughs) Right. You know, so, uh, you know, I think, you know, you know, if we are summarizing like our our kind of debunking things, we're trying to be all fucking organized and shit here now at this group. Um, You know, the reality of what we've found is, while representation may look much more varied than it did back in the day, there is still this struggle with like backlash to like that representation happening. And that representation is still very much coming from a very class of people or a group of people that is trying themselves to cover more representation, but the representation that that is not actually coming necessarily from the the community at large, right? Sure. You know, we're not involving the self through a filter. We're talking about exactly. So, right. so I know. mean, we're a long way off from where we need to be, and just like a lot of representation, but we've come strides. But also, for every two steps we take forward society that doesn't want us to take those steps forward demands us take one step back a little paul abdul if you will also it was intersex <laughs> awareness day sorry i said it intersex all fucked awareness. up not i don't know what i said but it's it was intersex awareness day yesterday and it's nationally uh or sorry internationally yeah. observed and for those of you who are, are don't like don't understand that term so intersex is is really addressing like the uh, genetic chromosomal variance within your 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 genetic makeup right so we've all heard of the classic you know the standard cis female in general is xx right mm-hmm. and then and and males are considered xy but there's actually a, there's a hundred and something it may even be more than that variances i think it's 1100 or so yeah you can have like xxy you know, like, so any kind of variance you think, like, but it's also, it also has to do with like, which hormones are then introduced at what state. And if they are or are not introduced, there's different, like, there's different aspects that create intersex people. And so you might be intersex and you don't even know it. Right. You know, there's there's so many layers. When people used to hear that back in the day, the first thing that idiots I knew would say, oh, they have a dick and a vagina. Right. It was an immediate hermaphrodite conversation. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So it's 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 a lot more diverse and varied than that. So and I think we are still pretty far off from seeing that kind of representation discussed and 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 put out there in, in media representation. You know, so I'll be curious for our deeper dive. I would really like for our deeper dive to look into some of these other areas of media and see what their like, like trajectory and growth path is. We talked about comics and gaming and some of those things. And like, you know, I, I definitely feel, you know, that, that I'm curious if 
any of those things have done better at, at, at this kind of representation than the general media outlets, right? You know, mm-hmm. and I was thinking like, this is a very thing, you know, I had mentioned, you know, the last episode that I thought the first time that I saw queer representation was in, you know, that kind of queer facts and kind of like, you know, a lot of stuff was in Queer as Folk. And I actually remember it was a little bit earlier than that, Greg Araki, who did Mysterious Skin and a few other things. He's kind of become a kind of indie, famous, queer, like, kind of filmmaker. But way back in the early 90s, he did some fucking intense, like, (laughs) art house, very, like, um, you know, probably controversial for 92, 93, 94 kind of things about drug use, you know, HIV status, and just, like, a way more queer vision of the universe. And, of course, you're not seeing that, you know, I feel like we're still not seeing some of like those kind of things that were pulled out way back when. So this like kind of back and forth with like, and and again, I think it goes with that second part we're saying that backlash, you know, maybe some people did some more edgy stuff, if you will, but then, you know, you have how much do people want to be attacked on Twitter and fucking Instagram all day long before they're like, you know, I was just trying to tell a fucking story. And now, like, you guys are coming to my house and fucking leaving me threats. And well, and often the actors that. and actresses have to deal with that as well. Exactly. And, and, and like, look, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, I will never fucking judge somebody for trying to fucking protect themselves, you know, which is why I think we do need a larger community conversation about how representation comes out, not just some fucking old nonprofit organization grading things and fucking taking fucking corporate money to say, here's your stamp of approval from whatever organization. I would love to call people out right now, but like, you know, if I'm going to call somebody out, I'm going to get your fucking organization right. (laughs) But, you know, there's all these indexes that rate these things these days, right? That like, you know, say, hey, this is good, you know, representation or this is terrible queer representation in media. And I think maybe for the deeper dive, like, let's let's talk about those kind of rating systems, too. Like, who is like rubber stamping these things as good for the community or not good for the True. community? That's a good question. Nobody sent me a fucking envelope to vote in my mailbox. Yeah. So. <laughs> like, are these actually fun. being played for like a. Uh you know, the queer community before anybody right. like, releases them? It's like, who, right. who's I'll looking at this? To see what rating was given to bros? How many stereotypes did bros, even though it was written by a queer person, actually implore? Because stereotyping is fucking problematic with representation. Right. You know, because it also it's says, easy and I'm not that. Right. And uh, <laughs> if, you re- if you think about it, a lot of people that are falling in those, st- like, stereotypical you know character categories they're typically yeah. getting it from a tv show that they saw right sure of representation sure. and they think that they now have to act like that in order to be accepted or yeah because it's the more palatable version or whatever the fuck so and, it's you know to say like well these stereotypes exist it's like well duh because look at who they are looking at on tv as examples yeah i mean act, it's, it's you know? a problem with it's a problem within queer district like queer create creative distribution too right like i remember having an identity crisis at like i don't know like 22 or 21 or something because like after many years of like having like mostly relationships with men i had like gotten into my head like okay so my even though i never thought of it this way you know 
but everything that I'm seeing says if you like claim bisexuality or like a general queerness, then then you're just you're not being honest to yourself, right? Yeah, you know, we've had that discussion before, and it's just like I got fell like kind of into this fucking girl, and she was like fun and exciting, and like I was super turned on, and we fucking did it and shit, and like then I had to have like go and you know tell like one or two friends and like wait, you know, and, and it's not just like you don't know who you are it's like we don't know who you are anymore we don't know if we like you know we can trust you yeah i feel like the youth these (laughs) days like are so much chiller about you can come out of the closet multiple times in multiple ways as multiple things (laughs) and it's okay to like go through your process uh and not necessarily know at first and think you know and assume you know and all of a sudden you're like that's not right you know well and that's where one of these stringent narratives and again why like the idea of what representation is out there is important because if you're trying to work to de-shame in the community around identity and then you put something out there that is just shaming in a whole new fucking way they hadn't thought of before like i don't know top bottom conversations right i'm really fucking sick of like hearing in a new show like oh but I'm a bottom and da 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 da. I'm like, I'm sorry. Those are positions, not fucking identities. And if I see one more fucking quote unquote <laughs> queer woke fucking show refer to these things and like like really embrace butch femme and positioning identity culture, your fucking kids up right the fuck now. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you that for damn sure. We need to get out of this narrative. Top, bottom, versatile are not part of your identity there are things you like to do in the sack i feel like there's still these like weird conversations about like okay well what will straight culture recognize and understand about what we have to talk about so let's use Mm. these already introduced terms for Mm. instead of god forbid it just like not have those stereotypes and not have those completely you're limiting all of us to a very small palette of activities to do in the sack. And it's pretty fucking horrible, right? Yeah. Most fucking straight dumbass men still think all girls can do in bed is fucking scissor or 69. So, you know, or like throw on a dildo. So it's still so again funny. three choices. Top, bottom, verse, you know? <laughs> like, right. Just substitute whatever very narrowing definition is, is there. And like, that's all we have available, folks. Anyways, so there's your fucking debunk. You got some debunk debunk that went on here today, Um, you know, and uh, yeah, we're going to do some fucking deeper dives into shit for next week. Yeah, stick around. Next week, we'll have a deeper dive. And then after that, we will have a roundtable discussion with some people that know more about this stuff than us. And tune in. Um, November 1st is the premiere of the new Nuclear Order podcast, which you will hear many different hosts, but you'll also hear uh, Felicia and myself guest hosting on our own, which is a little intimidating, I have to say. (laughs) Not having you kind of next to me to talk to somebody, I'm not Uh, sure I've really done that. So, like, I kept waiting for your 
witty retort to what I said, but I had to rely on the guest to think I was funny, <laughs> which is like a whole totally uh, Yeah, so <laughs> I, my little corner of that will be called Orifice Hours, and our first Fuck guest yeah. for that is Willow Raven. So definitely stay tuned. It'll be really fun to listen to me sit down and chat with sex workers uh, on a regular basis. It'll be nice. Fuck yeah. All right. Thanks again for listening. Make sure you like and subscribe everywhere and make sure you download all of our episodes and help our numbers because we're trying to hit 15,000. Okay, thanks. Thank you. Uh